Real estate cannot be done in isolation. It is not like a corporate job where there's a structure. You have to build that for yourself. You have to stay motivated because you never know where your next deal is going to come from. You don't know what the path to that next big success story looks like. You have to create that for yourself. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Adam A. Adams. Today, I'm thrilled and excited because we actually have Leica Davtha on the podcast who has done 40 different fix and flips, 75 transactions, and she just did a 1031 exchange. We're going to talk about the good, bad, and the ugly of the 1031 exchange, but what's kind of cool is she took a condo, and I won't spoil it too much, and she bought two small multifamilies one in-state and one out-of-state. So with that said, Leica, tell us tell us a little bit more about just your background real fast, just the brief 30-second version that we need before we dive into the rest of the episode. Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me on your fabulous podcast, Always Adding Value, and to all your listeners. And I'm excited to be here. My name is Leica Devta. Um, I started in real estate about six years ago, back in 2014, bought my first deal, flipped it. And then ever since then, it's, you know, it's just been such an awesome, fun journey, full of ups and downs, but here I am. Uh, yeah, like you said, I've done about 40 fix and flip deals. I'm a real estate broker, so I help people buy and fix up and sell homes. I just did my a land subdivision. I have been advising a lending startup based out of California called Certain Lending. Um, So lots of amazing things. It's just been a fun journey. This is is going to be a fun episode as well. And I want to talk a little bit about your very first deal. Was that the condo or or what deal was your very first deal? My very first deal was a split entry single family home in a submarket of Seattle called Shoreline, Washington. And it was such a massive reno for a first time fixer that I should have never done the deal, but I did it. And I lost a little bit of money, but that was the best thing that happened to me because I came out of it and I was like, I got this. I'm going to do, this is what like I have enjoyed every second of it. Everything that could go wrong on the deal went wrong on the deal. There was Like we doubled our rehab budget. We went over time. Like our initial time going into it was like a three month, we thought it was a three month project, ended up being a six month project. But hey, like I learned so much from it that, you know, no amount of reading or no guru can teach you that, right? Like that was hands-on experience and that's what I needed. That's really, really good. And so- when was when did this condo come in? Because we're going to talk about this 1031 exchange that you did sure. and all the challenges that you had trying to make sure that you could identify the right properties. I know you went through a lot of challenges doing the 1031. Well, we're going to talk about that for the listeners so they can kind of know how to navigate the water if they're going to do the same thing. But when did that first condo that you recently did a 1031 on? Yeah. So it was a condo that we've owned for 10 years, more than that, like maybe 15 years. And then what I did to it last year was I completely fixed it up, 
turned it around. It's a, so I'm from Seattle, Washington. I live in a submarket called Redmond. Redmond is famous because it is the headquarters of Microsoft. So this condo is located pretty close to the Microsoft campus. And so I flipped, I fixed it up last year and then I put it on the market. Within the first, I want to say, few hours of listing it, we already had an offer. And then like we had an offer view date. So I had about four offers on it, got my price that I wanted. And then I had a massive amount of equity that I was going to 1031 into a different building. And so that process started last November. And as a 1031 exchange, you have a certain amount of time. I want to say 60 days to identify properties that you want to actually 1031 into. So that's how, that's how it got started. (laughs) And then you were looking, and when you were looking for these properties, how many did you say you were underwriting all at the same time? Oh my Lord. So that was the biggest challenge of the 1031. It's a really cool tool to have if, you know, if you are going to come into a lot of equity, don't want to pay massive amount of capital gains taxes. So what I then did is I had to go and identify properties that I wanted to buy. So in doing that, like first you have to, you know, look at your own portfolio, look at your lifestyle even, and come up with ways to do that. And what's important to you, you know, do you want high cash flow, which means you have to have a better cap rate? Do you want appreciation? Sometimes with appreciation, you don't have the best cap rate, but your property is appreciating at an accelerated pace. Or do you want a hybrid, a little bit of both, you know, good appreciation, decent cash flow. So first identify what that was, right? So I did that. And to me, at first, I thought I wanted cash flow. So I went out and looked for cash flowing properties. I looked in every market possible. I looked in Tennessee. I looked in Texas. I looked in the Philly, Boston areas. Like I just looked everywhere, looked across the country. Through this process, I analyzed about 70 different deals. Wow. 70 yeah, deals. Were, not seven. Not, not 17. Seven, seven zero. <laughs> and, you know, I even went out to different states and saw a few in person. But otherwise, it was mainly desktop analysis. So it's super important to go out and network and, you know, talk to different commercial real estate brokers in, in doing really well in different markets, finding someone, you know, in your own market that is heavily investing out of state. So there were a few challenges that I had to basically overcome. In addition to having needing to 1031 into a property and identifying a property within a certain time frame, I was also looking at properties for the first time out of state. So there's a lot of challenges that come with that because you have to have a good team, whatever you're going to buy the property to manage to then after that, after you buy the property to manage the property. So in addition to looking for a property, I was also interviewing brokers to see who I, who I felt comfortable working with after we had closed. So that, you know, led me to ultimately buy two different deals. So I bought a triplex in Tampa, Florida, and then I also bought fourplex in the Seattle market. So looking Tampa's at all these- basically the farthest city from, from Seattle. Yes. Um, There's only a couple cities farther. Yes. <laughs> Miami. Yes. Exactly. So Why my, so far? my sister lives in Tampa. Oh, okay. And so I was like, okay, it could be a win-win, you know, like I could buy a property there. I'm going to go visit her so I can check on the property meet with the property manager. 
uh, but also, you know, should there be like an earth shattering something that happened and my sister's down, like down the street from this property. But, you know, that shouldn't be your criteria for where your siblings live. But it was just like something that worked out for me. Awesome. Awesome. Let's, let's talk about this. So, so you got this fourplex and this threeplex that you tied up. You looked at 70 different properties and that was because you only had a, a limited amount of time that you could identify and close on these properties. And the hardest part was finding the right properties or else you were going to lose the 1031. Right. So what about, what about like the closing time? Was that hard at all or no? You know, that's when a good 1031 facilitator comes into play. Identify like if you're going to do a 1031, like already be speaking to your facilitator. They can even guide you on so many different aspects of the deal. Ours was amazing. He has his, like my, the guy that I used has a full team in Florida and he basically set it up so that we could close without a hitch. So he worked with my escrow company. They were like, you know, with the 1031, it's really cool. You can use your 1031 funds to even pay your earnest money. So there's a lot of different aspects to it. So talk to your 1031 specialist and see what you can do. And they were on top of it. So I literally just hired my escrow and my 1031 guys, and they worked with each other to make it happen. So uh, there's this woman that I've been talking to for a long time. Her name's Lori Graymont and she does, she like does something besides the 1031. It's, you still save all the taxes. It just, you don't have the timing issue of identifying things. So I'll, I'll tag her in, in the Facebook. So if anybody uh, wants to either do a 1031 with your person or to skip the 1031, but still be able to transfer your money, your funds into, into the next property. There's, there's a lot of ways to do it, right. not just the 1031. But let's, so let's talk about the multifamily because of two things. Number one, you decided to 1031 the condo into multi-units, a threeplex and a fourplex. Mm-hmm. And you also, you were on the Bigger Pockets podcast recently by congratulations. That's, Thank you. that's phenomenal. I think they're the number one real estate podcast in the nation with, I think you said like a million subscribers. Yes. It's crazy. Cra- yes. A million subscribers. Crazy. crazy. So, you know, there's a lot of podcasters that, that still, we don't need, they don't have a, even a million downloads total, but these guys have a million subscribers downloading almost every episode. It's amazing. Brandon's a, a good guy. I guess it was just his birthday recently and you went to his house Tell yes. us, tell us just real quick before I dive into this multifamily thing, which is exactly why I brought this up in the first place is because that's what Brandon talked to you about on the podcast is what I'm about to share. But how, how was that little mastermind? Yeah. So Brandon and my friend Tarly Arbor put together this amazing mastermind last year in Maui. And it was I think one of the most life altering experiences I had, because I was in a room full of people that were so super accomplished and, you know, people that came from so much adversity, but really did something out of that. And it was just a very inspiring week for me because we sat together all day, poking holes in each other's businesses, learning about new asset classes, and then just Brandon is a wealth of wisdom. So listening to him speak about his own experiences. I I mean, just, you know, we were all like normal people talking about kids and families and like, 
how we can make this work. So it was really cool. So we just hung out for a few days and Brandon has also this amazing house with a killer water view and a pool and a, like a recording studio. So we just hung out and it was, it was just a lot of fun getting to know everybody there. That's so yeah. cool. You had that experience. It was uh, so let, let's talk about what they titled your podcast episode was something about doubling your money. You, you spend like a million bucks for a development yes. and you subdivided it a little bit. Now it's worth twice that. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And when we were in the pre-interview, something slipped. I don't know if you meant to say it or not, but you said what you planned on doing with those funds yes. was going to be buying multifamily. Yes. So I do want to, I'm in the process of, you know, like putting together a listing and selling these lots that I just subdivided, but I want to take the funds and invest into my first big apartment. Jerome Myers, if you're listening, help into my first big apartment building. And so I'm, I'm super excited about that. I am also in the process of learning about different asset classes as storage facilities is another one that intrigues me. So maybe a storage facility in an apartment building. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where the deals land. So why multifamily? Uh, because, you know, it's, it's a good way of diversifying, especially from what I've seen on the, you know, this, this whole with the pandemic, a single family has a single renter. And if that renter, God forbid, loses his job or something happens to him, then he stops paying your rent. And there is your one single family that now you have to carry the mortgage on. With a multifamily, you're really diversifying into like 15 different doors that if three or four people lost their job, you can still make it work because you have 12 paying tenants. So and I think if for me, it's always about adding value. I do come from fix and flip where we add, we take down massive renovation projects. And I, what I do is I add value. So my goal would be to buy an apartment that has a lot of value add where I can actually take the rents from say 600 to 1100 and really build equity. Cool. Awesome. So what do you, what are your next steps to be able to do this? Number one, you got to sell all these lots, but what else do you need? You, number two, you find the right partner. Sounds like you've already mentioned a partner that you're going to be working with on, on this. What are, what are the other things needed? You know, I think this is when your network is such a big piece um, of anything you do. For me, it's about growing my network, finding the right people and really piggybacking off of their success. So finding people that have been doing this, that do it better than I can do it and learning from them. This is a new territory for me. And so it's really important that I surround myself with the right people, the right lending partners. And then, you know, just really like doing my due diligence, whatever asset class that I choose to go into. I'm one that, you know, I do a lot of research. I talk to a lot of people. I listen to a lot of podcasts like this one. I read books. So really doing all of that, that work, the grunt work to be able to do something this, of this stature. Awesome. So it, you've, you've done a lot and you've had a lot of success, 75 plus transactions over the last six years since 2014. Mm -hmm. 
and you're getting into multifamily and you shared some really good reasons why you're doing that. You've already, you already own a couple different buildings, one local and one down by your sister. Yes. And when you sell this other property, you're going to probably buy a 15 unit or a 30 unit or something yes. like that. Yeah. Okay. With a partner, if, if there's a listener who's, who's inspired by your story and they're like, I really like this woman and what she's accomplished and who, what she stands for and what she's doing, what, let's think about that person that's the listener. And, yeah. and there's going to be two. Listener number one is somebody who has, has not yet accomplished what you've accomplished and they haven't, they haven't really landed that first deal. They haven't really taken care of it. What is it that you did to make you successful? Like what does the, might the listener have to do to be able to accomplish what you've done? Yeah. So I say this a lot. I think what I did was I jumped off a cliff. <laughs> you just have to take that first step. You have to go out. You have to find your first deal. It doesn't matter if that deal is like the epitome and the, the, the height of all deals. You just have to do a deal. So you understand the process. How do you buy a deal? You know, what is the, the closing process on the purchase look like? Some simple things like that, right? Once you have the deal, finding your contractor, finding the process of fixing this deal up or whatever, you know, structuring this deal a certain way. And then what happens when you go to sell the house or, you know, sell your deal or burr the deal into a rental? Then what happens, right? Like what is that, that like refinancing that property with a conventional lender look like? What does listing that property and selling it with an agent look like? You need to be able to understand and see all the different aspects that go into a deal to be able to successfully then do 10 other deals. So the first step for listener number one who has never done a deal is go do a deal. And if you don't have the bandwidth, the funds to go do that deal, go help someone that is doing a deal and go shadow, you know, this over this last week has been like just eye opening for me because thousands of people have reached out, reached out to me after the bigger pockets podcast aired. And a lot of people have said to me, Hey, we just want to learn. Can we just shadow you on one of your deals? Go do that. You know, that will give you so much more hands-on experience than say you would gain from watching a webinar or, you know, reading a book. So listen, number one, go do a deal. Yeah. Oh, perfect. And uh, I liked one of the things that you said at the beginning of the podcast. <clears throat> I asked you about your first deal and you said, I love that deal. You know, you obviously felt really warm about that deal. And you did also say that you lost some money on that deal. Yes. Which is funny because that didn't seem to bother you even, even at the slightest. And I, I'm, I'm not saying anyone should lose money. And I, I'm, it is possible to lose money. And I'm not saying to go and try to lose money. Always try to make your money. You, what's his Grow. name? Grow your wealth. What's that guy's name? Warren Buffett. Buffett? He says, yeah. he says, you never lose your principal. You lost some principal in that first one. Yeah. But it was, it was what a lot other people call kind of a seminar, something mm -hmm. where you, you spent some money, but you learned how to how to do the deal but not only that but you also probably gained a lot of confidence in yourself i know michael blanc i'm speaking at his event today and tomorrow and the next day michael blanc has he always talks about the law of the first deal 
the law of the first deal. And so the wisdom that you had for the listener who has never done one, and you're basically saying, just go out and actually do it. You're going to learn so much. And that's how you, that's how you gain momentum is you do the first one and stop trying to make it sound too big and too unachievable. unachievable. Make, just get that first deal done. Even if you, like you said, have to partner with somebody, even if you have to shadow somebody, because once you do that a couple years later, six years later for you, you've done 75 transactions, 40 flips. You own those two multifamily. You just doubled your money on a, on a project. Brandon Turner says seven figures on one single deal. Yeah. And what that took was for you to do the first one. So I'm so glad that right. you brought that up. Yeah. Second question I, I have is there's, there's a couple people that have done a couple of deals. They might even have a thousand doors right now or they might have 200 doors. What advice do you have for somebody who's already doing the business to scale? Yeah. Um, so I think the main thing is just stay committed to the outcome. What is the outcome that you want? You know, for me, it was building generational wealth. How do I get there? It, that's not going to happen with doing one deal or two deals or 10 deals. That's going to happen over a much longer period of time where you're going to put in a lot of hard work, a lot of grit, a lot of hustle. So I think to scale, really find good team members. I'm not saying hire people, but I'm saying find people that are doing things that you can't do well and add their strengths to your basket of goods, you know, go out. And, and then the other thing to, I would, I like to do is learn, learn and learn. So I did single family, then I did multifamily, then I did land, then I did rent, long-term rentals, burrs, cash out refinances and burrs. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop at this. You know, I could take what I have and run with it and just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat and make a lot of money and, uh, you know, basically amass a lot of wealth just doing what I know, but I'm not interested in that. For me, I like keeping it fresh. I like learning. And that's why I want to learn about, you know, apartment investing, storage facilities, adult family homes. Like I'm always looking for that next thing that I can go learn because, I mean, that's what keeps life fun. Love it. So if you've done a few deals, go look for the next big opportunity and learn and dive in. While you were talking about helping somebody who has already done some deals and how they could grow. You remind me of two books that I was reading simultaneously a few months ago, Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And the other one was 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Cardone. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you're kind of putting these together. Uh, it's like you're, you're doing a lot of the principles that I learned from 10X Rule, where, where you're doing more, you're going out there, you're trying, you're learning. And you're, you're, not being, you're not being reserved. You're getting stuff done. And the compound effect, it's like you, you mentioned, you know, you're not going to go from overnight, you know, that, that, that one property that you had that for a million dollars that you're doubling your money on right now as we speak, it's not, that's not the end all be all. Like mm -hmm. you're still growing. You're about to buy an apartment with a partner. 
And it reminds me of, of the compound effect only because everything that we do, whether it's in relationships or business or multifamily or with our kids or, or with our health, eating right, uh, exercising yeah. more, it's like you don't, you don't just do something one day and you're done. You, you continue to build on it. You continue to take the next steps. You continue to meet that next person. You continue to call that next broker. You continue to invest that next dollar. And so I, I loved what you said. For that person who needs to take it to the next level, they just need to never quit. They just need to keep going and going and going. Like any other advice that you would have for the listener before we get into my favorite part, which is the final five? Well, you know, I say network real estate cannot be done in isolation. It is not like a corporate job where there's a structure. You have to build that for yourself. You have to stay motivated because you never know where your next deal is going to come from. You don't know what the path to that next big success story looks like. You have to create that for yourself. So hustle, mingle, and just keep growing. That's my advice. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with the final five. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. And I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, So that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. And we are back with Miss Leica. Leica, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to ask you the final five. This is my my very favorite part of of the whole podcast. Although today with your story, such an inspiring story, I think I'm going to enjoy the entire thing. Uh, Leica, first question that I know the listener wants to know is what is a book that you recommend? Okay, so if, especially if you're first getting started out, this is one of the first books that I read. It's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And it talks about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And I think having a growth mindset come into an industry like this is like just the ultimate price. So highly recommend that book. It's an easy read. It really got me inspired. And so I would, yeah, I would say mindset. Love that. How about uh, this, Leica? What was your biggest win of the week? Biggest <laughs> you win know of the, week. the answer to that, Adam. My biggest win was um, having my Bigger Pockets podcast released last week on Brandon Turner's birthday. It's been such an awesome week with all these amazing people reaching out to me. I didn't know that I had, I mean, at first I was like, why would people listen to me? But I guess I'm making an impact. And my favorite kind of message to get is when someone says, hey, I just started my real estate investing career and your story inspired me. Or, hey, I'm in a corporate job and I want to, you know, switch and do what you're doing. Because I think that for me is a huge win. If I can get one person to really do this and be able to build wealth for themselves and their family while making time for their families, like that is a huge win. What is a challenge that you've recently overcome within your multifamily business? 
Yeah. So I think for me, it was also taking that first step and buying my first multifamily. Um, it was a very scary experience going from doing so many fix and flips from for so many years into actually owning a four unit building. That was a big challenge. But now that I have it, I'm like, just, you know, super happy and proud about it. Love it. Leka, how do you give back? Oh my God. So I am huge about training and mentoring people. I have a meetup group where it's all about networking and getting people out of their shell to go meet new people. And, you know, I just love empowering people to do, you know, what, what I, I have done. What is, and don't be like some of my other guests okay. who try to give me five websites, their email and all these other URLs and their social media and this other social media. What's the single best way for the listener to find you and get a hold of you? On LinkedIn. Just LinkedIn. find me, Leka Devda, on LinkedIn and reach out to me that way. And so, Leka, what I would like you to do is we are recording this on Facebook Live. I want you to. I want you to put your LinkedIn profile on there so it's really easy for people to find. Sounds good. And um, what we'll do also on the iTunes podcast is your your link will already be in the show notes. So if you're listening okay. right now on iTunes, just scroll down and click Leka's LinkedIn profile. And that is the best way to connect with her. I wanted to say thank you for coming on the show. You added immense amount of value. Your story is super, super inspiring to lots of people. I'm glad that you, you shared it with us and to the Bigger Pockets yes. crowd as well, even though their podcast is a little bigger than ours. Uh, I really appreciate you. I'm going to let you go, Leka. But until next time, my friend, think outside. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.